Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kuwant Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is people pleasers. Have you ever been around people pleasers? They tend to be displeasing. Being around someone who is turned inside out to please another is often irritating and anxiety producing. People pleasing is a behavior we may have adapted to survive in our family. We may not have been able to get the love and attention we deserved. We may not have been given permission to please ourselves, to trust ourselves, and to choose a course of action that demonstrated self-trust. People-pleasing can be overt or covert. We may run around fussing over others, chattering a mile a minute, when what we are really saying is, I hope I'm pleasing you. Or we may be more covert, quietly going through life, making important decisions based on pleasing others. Wow, that one that one hit me out of left field a little bit there, because a lot of times, you know, I think I found myself doing things that I thought maybe my parents would want me to do without asking them. You know, it's this Herbert, I think it's Herbert Spencer, maybe, who talks about contempt prior to investigation in the big book. And wow, uh, or we may be covert, quietly going through life, making important decisions based on pleasing others. Uh, Melody Beatty speaks the truth. Taking other people's wants and needs into consideration is an important part of our relationships. We have responsibilities to friends and family and employers. We have a strong inner responsibility to be loving and caring, but people-pleasing backfires. Not only do others get annoyed with us, we often get annoyed when our efforts to please do not work as we planned. It's the whole give to get rather than give and from a spiritual aspect and you get regardless. The most comfortable people to be around are those who are considerate of others, but ultimately please themselves. Yep, I can think of somebody right now. But help me, God, work through my fears and begin to please myself. The next reading, also from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, Letting Go of Denial. We are slow to believe that which, if believed, would hurt our feelings. Most of us in recovery have engaged in denial from time to time. Some of us relied on this tool. We may have denied events or feelings from our past. We may have denied other people's problems. We may have denied our own problems, feelings, thoughts, wants, or needs. We denied the truth. Denial means we didn't let ourselves face reality, usually because facing that particular reality would hurt. It would be a loss of something, trust, Love, family, perhaps a marriage, a friendship, or a dream. And it hurts to lose something or someone. Denial is a protective device, a shock absorber for the soul. It prevents us from acknowledging reality until we feel prepared to cope with that particular reality. People can shout and scream the truth at us, but we will not see or hear it until we are ready. Wow, this is true. I mean, I've... You know, there are certain resentments that I've had over the years that people are like, you need to lose it. And it's only since, you know, I got really into recovery that I started to realize that uh, they were right. We are sturdy yet fragile beings. Sometimes we need time to get prepared, time to ready ourselves to cope. We do not let go of our need to deny by beating ourselves into acceptance. 
we let go of our need to deny by allowing ourselves to become safe and strong enough to cope with the truth. We will do this when the time is right. We do not need to punish ourselves for having denied reality. We need only love ourselves into safety and strength so that each day we are better equipped to face and deal with the truth. We will face and deal with reality on our own time schedule when we are ready and in our higher powers timing. We don't have to accept chastisement from anyone, including ourselves for the schedule. We will know what we need to know when it's time to know it. Today, I will concentrate on making myself feel safe and confident. I will let myself have my awarenesses on my own time schedule. The third and final reading from Melody Bay's part is You Are Lovable. We go back and back and back through the layers of fear, shame, rage, hurt, and negative incantations until we discover the exuberant, unencumbered, delightful, and lovable child that was and still is in us. And that quote is from Beyond Codependency. Um, that is happening. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Um, all of it, the fear, the shame, the rage, and the heart, but also the unencumbered, the delightful, the lovable child. Uh, wow, I'm grateful reading this part. Uh, I'll just read that again. We go back and back and back through the layers of fear, shame, rage, hurt, and negative incantations until we discover the exuberant, unencumbered, delightful, and lovable child that was and still is in us. And if there is a motivation for me, uh, to keep going on this journey, you know, it's not a linear journey. Uh, you know, it's basically, um, my podcast says it all, you know, the name, the title, Recovering My Inner Child. Back to the passage. You are lovable. Yes, you. Just because people haven't been there for you, um, you know, the emotionally unavailable. So this is something like John Bradshaw was talking about, uh, you know, adult children have this compulsive need to recreate abandonment. And uh, Bradshaw, I think it was in Homecoming, said, wake up, you were abandoned a long time ago. So like the thing that you feared most, you know, that you don't want to happen, happened a long time ago. So back to the reading, just because people haven't been there for you, just because certain people haven't been able to show love for you in ways that worked, just because relationships have failed or gone sour does not mean that you're unlovable. So none of this means that you're unlovable. You've had lessons to learn, and sometimes those lessons have hurt. Let go of the pain. Open your heart to love. You are lovable. You are loved. Today, I will tell myself I'm lovable. I will do this until I believe it. The next reading comes from Strengthening My Recovery, and this topic is Recovering Victim. If we overstate our wrongs and beat ourselves up, we tend to drift into an attitude of martyrdom or we assume the victim posture. And, you know, that is something that I've just noticed a lot. And, uh, yeah, I go less and less into that martyrdom. It's not it's not very attractive. Back to the passage. Without the leveling perspective of step five, many of us would either minimize our wrongs or overstate them. By choosing the second option, we tell ourselves that we deserve the abuse for the wrongs we did. But that statement is a carryover from our childhood abuse. And, and yeah, you know, like, I think that's why self-deprecating humor is almost like a character defect, like gossip, because it's justifying things. And 
that are just not true or even worse, irrelevant, you know? You didn't get a grade on a certain test doesn't mean that, you know, you deserve anything bad. Back to the reading. A part of us had lived with both excitement and fear at the possibility of getting beaten up emotionally again. Yep. The feeling of helplessness was familiar because we had only felt loved when negative attention was heaped on us again and again as children. Some of us only got attention while we were being sexually abused or beaten. We needed to believe we deserved this treatment to survive. There was no other option but to lie about what was really happening in our families. Today, we learned to accept a reality, both past and present. What happened to us as children was not a responsibility, but what we do today is. However, we do not have to take abuse to right the wrongs. With the help of neutral third parties in the form of our ACA fellow travelers, we change to new rules. If others become angry, we let them take care of themselves. We choose to love ourselves and to be loved by those who have the capacity to do so. On this day, I am no longer a victim. I put myself first and make healthier choices that keep me grounded. And I think that we choose to love ourselves and to be loved by those who have had capacity to do so. This is what I'm recognizing is I was, you know, I was rejecting, you know, often the ones who really have the capacity to love me and kind of waiting for people who don't have the emotional capacity. And, you know, I've, I've, I feel like slowly but surely a lot more clarity is is uh, happening. Ooh, the next topic is, uh, and the next reading is from Strengthening My Recovery. Topic is isolating. Being adult children, we have learned to endure colossal amounts of abuse and aloneness that only we understand. As adult children, we often forget that isolating is as natural to us as breathing. We may not even realize that we are doing it. Our first reaction to pain is usually to hold it inward, waiting until we are in agony before we tell someone else or reach out for help. The tools of the ACA program help us to come out of our isolation and begin to form new habits. When something scares or upsets us, we can go to a meeting or call our sponsor. When we share how we feel in meetings, we look around the room and often see heads nodding in agreement. The feelings we were too ashamed to admit become not so bad after all, as we realize we are not alone. Our black and white thinking may even be causing us to see things as much worse than they really are. This is very true. Black and white does, you know, see things because if it's not perfect, there's always going to be gray. That's how life works. Back to the reading. We have felt alone for a long time, but we don't need to feel that way anymore. This is a very important point. By working the ACA program, we can place our trust in a higher power and know that we will be safe in turning our pain over, we can let go of the need to isolate. On this day, I will remember that I don't have to suffer in silence. I have a program that is helping me learn to break my habit of isolation. And the final reading is one day at a time from Strengthening My Recovery. We learn to restructure our sick thinking one day at a time. Recovery happens, sometimes whether we're completely conscious of it or not. We just have to keep coming back and doing the work one day at a time. And I think that's the thing. It's not really to judge. It's this. It's more to show up. And, uh, you know, I appreciate this paragraph reminding me of that. You know, so much of this podcast for me is to read the important stuff and read it often. It's amazing when we find we've been thinking about a type of situation that used to bother us and poof, 
It no longer has the same power over us. Maybe we encounter something that reminds us of the past, perhaps from our childhood, like how we looked at some classmates and wondered what it felt like to be in their shoes, envying them, their seeming smoothness and ability to do everything right. Man, I am so glad, I'm so glad I didn't. I I was I didn't go to high school. I mean, high school was not a pleasant experience. But good lord, good, you imagine Facebook where everybody or whatever the kids are using now. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> a little bit off topic there. It no longer has the same power over us. Maybe we encounter something that reminds us of the past, perhaps from our childhood, like how we looked at some classmates and wondered what it felt like to be in their shoes, envying their seeming smoothness and ability to do everything right. God, this sounds absurd. But that was my thinking. The same one down mentality was what we carried into adulthood, substituting that popular kid for someone we work with or a neighbor or another parent. What we didn't realize was we were judging our insides by other people's outsides. With the help of ACA and giving ourselves the time to work at a recovery, we realized that the sick thinking we carried around for so long is evaporating. We no longer look at things the same way. We think about that kid or those other people, and suddenly understand the shift in our thought process. We see reality that not everything is as it appears to be on the outside. We learn to look deeper, especially at ourselves. On this day, I know that I am not now, nor have I ever been less than anyone else. And that is humility, not more, and definitely not less. And that concludes the readings. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to feel my feelings, to pause, because that's where God is, and, as was mentioned several times, to love myself.